أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله تبارك وتعالى وسلم على سيدنا محمد سيدنا وسندنا وحبيبنا وشفيعنا ومولانا صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وذرياته وأهل بيته ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وبعد All praises to Allah Ta'ala for every condition from amongst possible conditions. All praises to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala that took His slave Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam from the Masjid Al-Haram to the Masjid Al-Aqsa to show him from his signs. And all praises to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Allah ta'ala that every believer calls upon. When he says, Inna waliyi Allahu alladhi nazzal al-kitaba wa huwa yatawalla salihin Indeed, my guardian, my protector, my friend is Allah who sent down this Qur'an. And he is the guardian and he is the protector of the righteous. We are seeing and we are experiencing great tragedy unfolding in front of our eyes. The tragedies run deep, but in days like today, the symptoms are acute. What does acute mean? A person may have cancer, a person may have a heart condition, a person may have one of any number of terminal illnesses, but they're not going to die of it today. Whereas in another case, when a person's condition is acute, they are bleeding, they are hemorrhaging. It may be something very easy and simple to treat, but if the patient doesn't receive treatment right now, they will lose limb, they will lose life, tragedy will occur. Brothers and sisters, the history of the ummah is a history of struggle. This is the sunnah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he made in his creation. The best of this ummah, Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he himself had to struggle, he himself had to suffer tragedy, as did his companions radiallahu ta'ala anhum, as did the ulama, as did the salihun, as did everybody who said la ilaha illallah in a way that Allah ta'ala will accept it from him on the day of judgment. And the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, إِنَّ أَشَدَّ النَّاسِ بَلَاءً الْأَنْبِيَاءُ ثُمَّ الْأَمْثَلُ فَالْأَمْثَلُ وَفِي رِوَايَةٍ ثُمَّ الْعُلَمَاءُ ثُمَّ الصَّالِحُونَ That those who are most severe in their tribulation, those who are most intense in their tribulation, are the Prophets alayhi wa sallam. And then after them, those who are most like them. And then after them, those who are most like them. And in the narration, after the Prophets والسلام, the people of knowledge, and after them, the people of righteousness. The chronic condition was what? Was well, since 1967. Millions of people, including hundreds of thousands of refugees, have been hemmed in 
to an open-air prison, an open-air concentration camp. The count, the population now is 2.3 million or so. In a strip of land, which at points is an average of four miles wide, at points up to six miles wide, seven miles wide, at points even less than four miles. That is a strip of land which from one long end to the other is no more than 25 miles. 25 million people. Think about that. It's smaller than, or sorry, 2.3 million people. 25 miles from one side to the other. It's smaller than Chicagoland. This area is fenced in, literally, with a barrier. American politicians talk about building the wall. Everybody freaks out. As they rightly should. Humans shouldn't build walls to keep other human beings out. This is a high-tech wall that fences them in. As if the area was not small enough, there is then a buffer zone on the cramped part of the wall in which those people who are prisoners in this cage are not allowed to struggle lest they themselves be fired upon. Whether it is for some sort of military activity or whether it's for some sort of mercantile activity or whether it's for peaceful protests. On top of that, these millions of people for the last so many years have been regularly bombed. They are a test site for cutting-edge American weapons. American-made and American-funded weapons. And yes, we're in America right now. And by the law of the land, 501c3 nonprofit religious institutions don't take political positions. I'm not telling you to vote for a Democrat or for a Republican. What I'm telling you is this is what our government does, and this is what Islam teaches. And Islam teaches raining down white phosphorus and other weapons starting from medieval weapons in barbarity to those that are even more barbaric, modern weapons, on the most densely populated of urban centers is something, to put it mildly, that Islam does not sanction. That Islam takes a very dim view of whoever those people are. Now you tell me, literally there is a blockade there's a military blockade on these people in this small strip of land. Nothing gets in or out without permission. And the blockade is so finely tuned, so finely tuned, that down to the number of calories the people inside need, there is a deficiency that we are not going to allow that in. We're not going to let food in. We're not going to let water in. We're not going to let... Basic building materials in. We are not going to let basic technology in. We are not going to let medicine in. We are not going to let education in. We are not going to let people come and go. We are not going to allow trade with other nations. We are not going to let anyone access the sea. We are not going to allow anything to come or go from this place. Except for from our permission. And that permission is given in a way designed to slowly starve to death this population. To 
play out a genocide in slow motion such that the international community will not know when to be upset or angry about it. And this has been going on for years. You tell me now, when people talk about this terrorist group and that terrorist group, some of these groups I myself don't have a lot of affinity for, neither politically, in some ways even religiously. But you tell me, does it matter what group it is when people like this see their only, their only option to fight their way out? Am I telling you to join such a group? No, I'm telling you actively not to. Am I supporting such a group? I say I myself don't support such groups. But when a person is pushed against the wall and the matter is life or death, forget about human beings, even animals will lash out, even animals will strike. Why? Because it's a sign of being alive. Because you have no other options whatsoever. And if someone is a terrorist for not wanting to die a humiliating death, then that definition should include every single person on the planet Earth. This is something that happens an ocean away, a sea away. Maybe all of you are already aware of it. It's not something new that I'm telling you. Someone asked, I feel very bad about all of these things. What can I do about it from here? What should I do about it from here? What would you want me to do? I don't, I'm not asking. I'm in fact, actively telling you not to do anything that contravenes local law. And you know what? You don't have to. You don't need to. I'm asking you not to. But what am I asking you to do? I'm asking you, first of all, to rectify, to make islah of what's inside of your heart and my heart, that we're not going to look away. We're not going to have the attitude that there's too much suffering in the world and I can't deal with this right now. We're going to look at it in all of its ugliness and we're going to know inside of our hearts, this is wrong. This is wrong. That those people dared to resist what is an illegal occupation. And now they're being smeared for it. And now the talk of genocide is being openly spoken about. That these people are animals. That we need to flatten the ground. That we need to drive them into the ocean. That we need to do X, Y, Z things that no human being should ever say about any other individual, much less a population. That those things are being spoken about right now. And they're getting completely unchecked. Look, a lot of people talk a lot of garbage. Muslims are bad about it too sometimes. But what happens? If you have a free press, if you have a free media, people will say this is wrong. If you have ulama, they will say this is wrong. I myself say it's wrong whenever anyone does it, even if a Muslim says it. I've said it in the past, and I'll say it again. The issue is what? The issue is now we live in this kind of Alice in Wonderland moment, these last couple of days. We're in this America that prides itself on having freedom of speech, that prides itself on being this shining city on the hill, that prides itself for being the beacon of hope for humanity. Now all of the sudden, now all of the sudden, we say to somebody who says we're going to flatten a civilian population, they're all animals, they're not human beings, they're animals, we're going to flatten them, we're going to make them pay, there's no price too high, there's no rules in the way we're going to engage with them. And what do our media, what do our leaders say? This is a matter of fact. You can like it or you cannot like it, that's up to you. I'm not here to talk about politics, but what do they say? They say absolutely nothing, they don't check it at all. What I say is Islam teaches that that's not right. What Islam teaches is what? 
من رأى منكم منكرا فليغيره بيده فإن لم يستطع فبلسانه فإن لم يستطع فبقلبه وذلك أضعف الإيمان The one amongst you who is, sees something wrong, something evil, let them change it with their hand. If they're not able to, we're not able to, we're an ocean away. We're restricted by laws. We're restricted by laws, some of which I don't agree with and I believe are overly onerous. So let them at least say something with their tongue, speak out against that evil. We can all do that. And if a person finds themselves unable to do so, someone amongst the crowd over here, your immigration is out of status, you're in some sort of situation where you're going to lose your job, you're going to whatever, what's the last thing you do is that at least you hate it in your heart. This is the weakest part of iman. This is the weakest part of iman. If you don't have this, you have no iman whatsoever if you cannot bring yourself to care. But the fact of the matter is many of us can say something about these things. And you don't have to speak angry talk. <coughs> You don't have to speak angry talk. You don't have to call your enemies names. You don't have to call the enemies of the people, of the innocent people who are being blockaded names. You can just speak very matter of fact. Say, this is what? This is the language of genocide. That we don't accept that innocent people should be killed on any side of any conflict. Nor do we ever. The Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa used to impose punishments. He imposed punishments on the companions of the Allah whom if they killed someone out of order, even in war. That they had to pay blood with. That they had to pay what? Blood with. They have to give compensation to people. Even for those fatalities that were somehow unavoidable. We don't accept that innocent people should be killed anytime, anywhere. And what? And that what happened last Saturday, Friday night in our time Saturday. In the time zone of the sacred lands. The 7th of October. Whatever it is or it isn't. Whatever you want to call the people who did it. One person says they're a freedom fighter because they're trying to what? Resist an occupation that has caged and killed and slowly suffocated their people. Whether you agree with that assessment or not, the solution to that is not what? To bomb the smack out of a civilian population in one of the most densely, heavily populated urban areas on planet Earth. This is not alright. This is not okay. Don't tell us that you're bombing Hamas. You had no idea what the hell they were doing a week ago. How is it that your smart bombs are going to find them now? You had no idea where their military was planning this plan that took you completely by surprise. How the hell do you know what to bomb now? Don't tell me you're bombing. This is 100% pure bloodlust and pure bloodlust for vengeance. And this is not going to end well because people have a memory for tomorrow. You have to understand. I'm not up here saying what? That because I'm a Muslim and they're Muslims, we should protect them. That's obviously not how that works. There are Muslims getting killed all over the world all the time. How many people are you going to protect? It turns out that the Palestinian population, about a third of them is Christian. That doesn't stop Christians in America from supporting. Those people are trying to genocide them as well. What am I saying? The solution to fighting is not more fighting. The solution to violence is not more violence. This is true on an individual level and this is true on the level of nations. The only thing a person can say is if we wipe out and genocide, we kill every single one of our enemies, then there's going to be nobody to take vengeance from us. And this is the greatest of moral failures. This is exactly what's being put on the table right now. But the fact of the matter is, already several hundred more people are killed in Gaza as of like four hours ago. How much news am I going to follow? 
Several hundred more people are killed in Gaza. A much higher proportion of them are civilians when compared to combatants. At least 500 of which to this hour are what? Children. Several hundred people more have been killed in Gaza than have been killed in the initial raid and they haven't even started yet. They haven't even gotten going yet. And we as America, we pay for every single last dime of it. We provide diplomatic support for it. We provide logistical support for it. We provide moral support for it. And you know what? The people on the street, if they don't want to side with Palestine and they don't want to side with Palestinians, I understand. It's not your problem. So many things happening in the world. How many things are you going to cry about? But this common sense that they're having, that there are problems people have on the other side of the world and horrible, horrible, horrific things that people do in our name as Americans that actually harms America. Maybe we should let them work it out on their own. Even this much, even this much if your friends, your neighbors, if your people at work, if your Congress people can understand even this much, this is a victory because we don't have to oversell this argument. Anybody who has half a brain and who has even a fraction of a heart inside of their chest will know that bombing civilians, buildings in which hundreds of people live to smithereens, into nothing, where they're blockaded, they have nowhere to go. I mean, think about it today, this morning, the sheer gall, the sheer arrogance of it. That an announcement was made by internet that everyone in the northern half of Gaza, which is over a million people, you have to go to the southern part because we're going to bomb it. Don't say we didn't warn you. Abu, tell me there's been no internet in any of Gaza for days now. It was one of the first things that got bombed. One might wonder why did they bomb it. One might wonder if they didn't bomb it just so that the world cannot see the horrors that are going to unfold. Which is what allowed the situation to get to this place in the first place from the decades of our fathers. You tell me there hasn't even been power. How are people even going to get this message? Already I received word that the caravans and convoys of those people who are leaving, they're themselves being struck and they're themselves being bombed from the air. People on the road. There's only one major hospital in Gaza. The Shifa hospital. Every road to that hospital has already been bombed. What is this? This is genocide. And our, our, our government, our Secretary of State, is comparing this to the Holocaust. And I invoke a, the curse of Allah Ta'ala that cheapens the memory of innocent people who were killed for such a cheap price. Because I've met people who have lost their parents in the Holocaust. I've met people who actually suffered themselves in the Holocaust. I've met people whose parents died in the Holocaust and they told me these people are using my parents' memory for a cheap price. Do you remember the time when the people of Auschwitz bombed the smack out of Germany? Where they clustered them and enforced a military blockade of them and bombed them when they're on their way to the hospital or when running from cover? This is complete moral bankruptcy. This is complete moral bankruptcy. I have an idea of why it's happening exactly the way it is, but that's my political opinion. And we're not going to talk about politics here. I've been told, I've been told what? That the FBI has been going on fishing expeditions calling people and intimidating them. Say, you know, uh, we're uh, concerned about the Israeli public in America and we just want to talk to you about whatever so that, you know, in order to harm, you know, protect them from harm. You tell me something, you tell me something. To protest in favor of Palestine, so many campuses in America has already been prescribed and banned. 
No statement from our government even recognizes that innocent people are going to be are being killed or have been killed and are going to be killed. On the contrary, the New York Times reports, all the major publications report that people are openly fundraising for weapons, flak jackets, bulletproof vests, munitions, vehicles, in order to send them to Israel right now. Private citizens are signing up to go there and fight right now. To fight a caged population. Who are you going to fight against? There's no government there. There's no army there. There, there's nobody there. And now the FBI is calling our community in order to talk to us about what? About concern for their safety and well-being. You know what? I'm concerned for their safety and well-being. And if I knew right now, in this masjid right now, someone was going to do something to harm a fellow citizen, even if the person is a Jew, and even if the person is an Israeli, I myself might, will, will call the cops and I recommend you do so. But what an insult. What a breathtaking insult to our family. What a breathtaking insult to our community. What a breathtaking insult to the common sense of every human being that this would be what the reaction of our government is. But you know what? They're just doing what they're told. Don't have a problem. This is something I'll tell you right now. This is very simple legal advice. You can ask any lawyer and you can actually ask any cop and they'll tell you exactly the same thing. If someone calls you and says, I want to talk to you about this, that, and the other thing, the first question you ask is, am I under arrest or not? If the answer is no then say, I'd be happy to talk to you in the presence of my lawyer. And if the answer is yes, then let them arrest you and then don't talk to them until you're in the presence of your lawyer. You might be a simple-minded person and a humble person think I don't have anything to hide. Trust me, they're not going to think you have something to hide. They're going to know you have common sense. If you ask not to talk to them except for in the presence of your lawyer. Why? Because it's not illegal for any law enforcement agent to lie to you about anything they want to, but it's illegal for you to lie to them back or to even give an inconsistent story so that you get caught up in something that has nothing to do with any actual crime. Brothers and sisters, you and me have the chance to change all of this by doing what? By speaking up. Why is there so much extraordinary effort on, put on people not to speak up? That even, even massages in this area have told their khatibs, don't say anything about this. Because of pressure that they got from the outside. The reason there is such an extraordinary amount of pressure not to say anything, because it's such a common sense case. Just go out and say what you need to say. No one's going to put you in jail. No one's going to kill you. No one's going to humiliate you. No one's going to massacre you. You're not going to lose anything. If you really are like in some precarious situation, then make dua. The rest of you make dua and say something. Say something. That's all you need to do. Why? Because when the plug is pulled on the funding, when the people around us, who right now may actually be saying, I stand with Israel, but they have no idea what the heck is going on. There's an iconic picture from the early 2000s of a little boy in Janine throwing a rock at a tank. Newsweek conducted a poll, and they found that like something over 80% of Americans thought that the tank was the Palestinian and the, person with the, the boy with the rock is Israeli. Jamie Lee Curtis, a very famous actress, she literally posted on her Instagram like a couple of days ago, pray for, pray, pray for Israel. And it was a picture of children in Gaza like standing in the rubble of their, her, her house. Justin Bieber, who's himself a Jew, he did the exact same thing. Both of them deleted their, their posts almost instantaneously when they realized what? That the person that they think is the, uh, the, the uh, uh, oppressed is actually the oppressor. This doesn't survive for long. It's all emperor's new clothes type of nonsense. 
You are not in that much danger and you're not in that much peril. Think smart, talk smart, don't overstate your case. Just tell people, these are the basic facts. Talk to them about it. Why? Because preventing murder, preventing genocide is a obligation, is an obligation on every Muslim. It's an obligation on any human being that has any sort of common decency inside of them. Don't be afraid. Britain has banned the, the showing of the Palestinian flag and conflated it with a hate crime. France and Germany have banned any sort of protest on this issue. Why is it? Because there's a concerted effort to get everybody to shut up until the job is done. When is the job going to be done? When every last person who says La ilaha illallah and breathes in Gaza is gone. By that time it's going to be 100% too late. And it's not going to happen. I'm telling you right now, mark my words, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. This same land, you know this land that, 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 that Gaza occupies? This same land, this is the same land which was the, the, the transit of Sayyidina Musa salam and his people when crossing from Egypt, from slavery into the sacred lands. And it's so ironic right now that those people who claim lip service to what? To his legacy? That they're now what? The Farah'ina. They're behaving like what? Pharaoh. I'll tell you something very interesting. Sayyidina Musa salam, his mazar is there within, within the Israeli territory. I, you know, I'm not going to get into the mustalah right now, but it's not within the 1967 Palestinian territory. It's still a masjid and it's still kept by who? By the Muslims. The Jews don't care. It's not for lack of ability that they couldn't have taken it over. The legacy belongs to who? The legacy belongs to everyone who says La ilaha illallah and fears Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Fir'aun and his hosts are mithal, they are mithal, they are a paragon, they are an example for the alameen of what? Total and complete control. Domination, oppression. And Banu Israel are the mithal for the alameen of what? Slavery and complete subjugation. Abject humiliation. The people of Gaza right now, you know how they, one of the ways they dominate them? Because they have no economy. They throw work permits by the couple of hundreds. They say, here's a work permit. You can go make a living in, in our lands. Be our slaves. And then you can go back. But don't say anything on your social media. Don't talk too much. Otherwise, we'll take it away and give it to someone else. Your family can starve. Just like that. Banu Israel, this is what they had. And all they wanted to do, all they asked Fir'aun was what? Let my people go. When they left, Fir'aun was so salty, so upset, so upset, so incensed that these people are now going to have a life without me. They're going to worship someone other than me. This is exactly the sentiment that is, that's being felt right now. When you see the look in people's eyes and the way that they talk. So insulted that you've decided to worship someone other than me. That he brought all of his armies out in order to kill them, to put them out at the end. And Sayyidina Musa salam said to Allah Ta'ala, وَقَالَ مُوسَىٰ إِنِّي عُذْتُ بِرَبِّي وَرَبِّكُمْ مِنْ كُلِّ مُتَكَبِّرٍ لَا يُؤْمِنُ بِيَوْمِ الْحِسَابِ he said that I seek refuge in your Lord and in my Lord, in my, my Lord and in your Lord, from every arrogant person who doesn't believe on the day of recompense. These people are not even Jews. But Netanyahu doesn't go to synagogue. He doesn't believe in God. He doesn't believe in the Torah. Min kulli mutakabbirin la yu'minu biyomil hisab from every arrogant one who doesn't believe in the day of recompense and the day of accounting. What happened? They got down to the point where what? Inna even the Banu Israel themselves, they said what? They witnessed so many miracles. 
But they said, this is it. The time is, the jig is up. It's, it's over. It's all over now. They got us. Sayyidina Musa says, Kalla, Kalla, one of the most beautiful moments described in the Quran. Kalla, inna maya rabbi, sayahdeen. He says, no, never. Allah Ta'ala won't do it to you and He won't do it to us. Look, everybody amongst us has to die one day, right? Lose weight, feel great, control your cholesterol, control your blood sugar, get the best health care plan. All of us are going to die one day anyway. But as long as we're here, there is no creature that moves in the earth except for Allah takes responsibility to give His provision. He says, my Lord is with me. Never. He'll never forsake me. He'll never forsake me. My Lord is with me. And He'll show me a way through this. And He what struck the sea with His staff. And Allah Ta'ala made a clear path and a dry path for them to cross through. And then after the last of them was through. And the last of the army of Fir'aun was in, chasing after them in their arrogance, in their drunkenness, in their heedlessness. The hukum of Allah Ta'ala came down and both sides of the sea crashed on them like a brick wall. Sayyidina Jibreel Alayhislam in the narration of in the narration of what? In the narration of, of, of Tirmidhi. He said, I was filling water into the mouth of Fir'aun, even though I knew that the qadr of Allah Ta'ala, that the destiny Allah had meted out for him was what? That this man will die a kafir and he'll enter the most severe of torment forever. I was filling water into his mouth. I was goading his armies to go in, and I was filling water in his mouth out of the fear that he would say, La ilaha illallah, and somehow through the barakah of this, of the shahada, that somehow he's going to be saved. Brothers and sisters, you can still say the La ilaha illallah, the same Allah Ta'ala that protected them, protected you, and protected the Ummah of Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa time and time again, and will continue to do so until the last day. Don't be a coward. No one's asking you to do anything extreme. Just speak the haq. Remove this cowardice from your heart. Just speak the haq. Don't overstate your case. Be mild in the way you speak about it. And just let people know that this is something that you know, no normal human being would want to do in his name. And I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inni وَقَالَ مُوسَى إِنِّي عِذْتُ إِنِّي عِذْتُ بِرَبِّ وَرَبِّكُم مِّن كُلِّ مُتَكَبِّرٍ لَا يُؤْمِنُ بِيَوْمِ الْحِسَابِ Allah ta'ala who said سَيُحْزَمُ الْجَمْءُ وَيُوَلُّونَ الدُّبُرِ بَلِ السَّاعَةُ مَوْعِدُهُمُ السَّاعَةُ أَدْهَى وَأَمَر that the last hour is going to be much more bitter than any of this. That I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, whoever amongst them has no, entertains no idea of repentance for this satanic ugliness that they're, dis- that they're imagining and fantasizing about right now. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala cut off their water like they cut off the water of the people they wish to kill. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala cut off the money like they cut off the money of the people that they're trying to kill. May Allah ta'ala cut off their food like they cut off the food of the people that they want to kill. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not leave one drop of blood of an innocent person unavenged, neither in this world nor in the hereafter. May such people die a wretched death in this world and have a wretched fate in the hereafter if every single one of them doesn't fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and if anyone has any good in them may the Lord show them some sort of guidance and a better way of being and a better way of being a human being and a better way of living so that that word may be a path out for them from the darkness that they're about to enter into because of their wickedness nobody lasts forever neither Hitler nor Stalin nor Mao nor any of the shayateen that came before them or after them lasts forever every single one of them has an appointment with this sea which will drown them and after that day they will not see a a moment of good in their life ever again the reason Allah Ta'ala brought you here is so that you can show who you are and He brought them there so they can show who they are 
Let them show that they belong in the hellfire. You also don't forget to show that there should be something good that comes out of your claim in your tongue that you're a good person that shows that you also deserve the forgiveness of the Lord and that you also deserve to be honored by Him and that you also deserve paradise. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give all of us tawfiq. Wa sallallahu tabarak wa ta'ala wa sallam ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.